This is Jerry Boys Jr., Cleveland Browns left tackle, and you're listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar. And today, after a while, I am joined back with my co-host, Jack Vanamater. Yeah, we were on a little bit of a leave here, but I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back in the studio recording a podcast. I wish we could come with some brighter news about the Browns. But, you know, either way, anything Browns is, is good by me. So, glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back, but like you said, the news isn't great this time around. The Browns are on a bit of a skid, and, you know, they're 3-3 three and three now, Jack, and that's pretty disappointing with how everyone saw this season going. That's really disappointing. I mean, I would say we lost all three of the season-defining games that we had. You know, looking at the schedule before the season, these were like the three games that you pointed out to say, like, all right, let's at least win one or two of these to prove that we're... The, that were the real deal. I know that, you know, a lot of people might think we got robbed of that Chargers game, but at the end of the day, like, we let up that game winning drive and we didn't score. So, uh, you know, right now the narrative is that the Browns just can't beat a good team. Yeah, and, I mean, the narrative is true at the moment because, I mean, these three games that they have dropped are all winning teams. Be- I mean, besides the Chiefs, even though we, what we know what they're capable yeah, of. I mean, great. Right, so... The Browns have to, like, get it together or else, I mean, this is going to be a quick, quick decline right back into, you know, the norm of what the Cleveland Browns actually are. So it's getting kind of scary for us. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you always hear the saying that good teams don't lose two in a row. Well, we just lost two in a row. And right now, I mean, this is just absolutely as bad as I think this season could have started if if you're a member of the Cleveland Browns or a Browns fan. So... We'll look to rebound here on Thursday Night Football, but before we get into that, let's give a quick recap of the AFC North standings, starting with the 5-1 and one Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, so the Ravens, arguably the most lucky team in the NFL, had a deserving win this past weekend, but they've also had pretty lucky wins in the past. They absolutely rolled over the Chargers this week, what, was like 34-6, to six, and now... Yeah, they, they caught them on an off week. Yeah, and the Chargers are the team that beat us last week, so doesn't look great, but the Ravens are now 5-1. and one. The Bengals are sitting pretty at 4-2 and two at second in the division. They've kind of come out and surprised everyone. I mean, obviously all Cincinnati fans are like, yeah, we're so good every year, but they're not good. But, I mean, they high-key weren't too wrong this year. We'll just see if they can keep it up. Coming in right above the Browns, are the Steelers at 3-3. Three and three. They break a tie break because they have a better record in conference and division games than the Browns. And then yours truly in last base, you have the Cleveland Browns also at 3-3. Three and three. So it just doesn't look good, Jack. No, and I mean, I know that we're tied for last, but like if you would have told me that the Browns would be in last place after week six, I would have said you're crazy. The Bengals, yeah, they've been really surprising. I think defensively the Bengals have been like way better than I think anyone was expecting them to. And then Burrow is looking like the real deal, too. And Jamar Chase, obviously, one of the best starts a rookie wide receiver has ever had across NFL history. So the Browns are going to be in for some fun years in the future with the Bengals team, although I still think it's really the Browns and the Ravens, if the Browns can ever manage to get healthy and turn the ship around. Yeah, so one key problem, not one key problem, but a huge key problem, 
is that the Browns are super, super banged up right now. And Jack and I have an injury report here for you, and it is long as ever. Yeah, and this isn't even the full amount of players that were on Monday's injury report. This is just the people that didn't practice or, or didn't like have a full practice. So starting it off, I mean, let's start off with the two guys that are going to be heading to IR. One of them is a favorite of many, and that's Kareem Hunt, who injured his calf trying to take on the workhorse role with Nick Chubb out. And he's going on the IR, expected to miss four to six weeks. That's a huge blow. I mean, that, that goes without saying because the run game is just so important to the Browns' offense. And then the other one, JOK, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, with a high ankle sprain. Again, really devastating here because he was like our only linebacker that was really playing well, or particularly well, as a rookie nonetheless. So he's also going on IR, expected to miss four to six weeks. Not, not good. I mean, clearly, with those two being you know lengthy, lengthy amount of times missed. No, yeah, these both suck. Think about a running back trying to push through a pile, one of the main parts of impact on your legs is your calf, trying to push off your toes in there. So calf injury is awful for a running back. And then you have JOK with a high ankle sprain. He excels in coverage and run defense, and you have to be really shifty. The high ankle sprain isn't something to play with. So these are two big bangs for the Browns that kind of suck. But, I mean, moving on, because there's so many of these here, you have the shoulder guys, so you have... Baker Mayfield, his left shoulder is repeatedly popping out. I bet his labrum's torn, and he looks to be in a ton of pain. He's in a sling, but I don't know. His throwing just hasn't been as good since he initially injured that shoulder versus the Texans. And then you have Odell Beckham Jr., who also has a shoulder injury. His popped out versus the Texans. It popped out again on Sunday versus the Cardinals. He seems to be in pain, but apparently he's been playing through this for 10 years. So who knows how his actually is at the end of the day. And Baker, I mean, Baker was already a, a player who didn't do well under pressure. And so this injury is kind of only even exaggerated that, you know, if you got a guy bearing down on you. And, and I think he said today in a press conference that his labrum is fully torn. Like, he confirmed that. I mean, it's just a recipe for a lot of missed throws. And, and so, I mean, I love that Baker's toughing it out. But at the same time, like, oh, this is a tough break for the Browns. Moving on, because like you said, we have just, a ridiculous amount of guys to get to. J.C. Treader is going to miss some time with a knee. I don't know if he's going to miss a game or if it's just kind of you know a rest day for J.C., but he's got a knee. Nick Chubb, who is confirmed to be out on Thursday Night Football versus the Broncos, has a calf injury. Oh, my gosh. Jack Conklin with a knee injury expected to probably miss. He missed this last game versus the Cardinals. That was a huge blow as J.J. Watt was just wrecking havoc in the backfield. A.J. Green, our cornerback, has a shoulder and a groin. Malcolm Smith, linebacker, abdomen. Jedrick Wills, starting right tackle or starting left tackle, excuse me, with an ankle. Jadavion Clowney, a, a guy who's commonly been on the injury report throughout his career. An ankle, a chest, and a knee. Basically everything at this point. A ch- yeah, it's, excuse me, a chest. Malik Jackson with a knee. Tech McKinley, an ankle. David Njoku with a knee. Mac Wilson with a calf. And like I said, these aren't even all the guys that were on the injury report. I think there's a stat that I saw that 33 or 36% of the Browns starting or 53-man roster was on the injury report in some capacity. So, I mean, this is just a really tough break 
injury-wise for the Browns. Yeah, this is awful. And you mentioned with Baker, you mentioned him not doing well at all under pressure. Now you have J.C. Treader, who has a knee injury. You have Jedrick Wills, who was out with his ankle injury. You have Jack Conklin, who was out with his knee injury. Maybe one of the two comes back Thursday night for the Browns, but, like, you have your two starting tackles out. J.C. Treader's banged up. J.C. Treader's a stud, though. He's so tough, Jack. He'll play through basically anything. It's just Conklin and Wills that they really, really need to get back and that they really can't afford to lose for another game or two. So, I mean, these all suck. Literally everywhere on the entire team, on the entire depth chart, there's someone injured. There's someone hurt. So the defense is struggling. The offense is struggling. Maybe the Browns could, you know, sneak by with a win this Thursday and then have an extra couple days to rest and recover and then return some bodies for our Halloween game versus the Steelers. Yeah, that would be nice. And, you know, for a team, just real quick, that, you know, relies so much on the offensive line and the running game, this is pretty much the worst, like, case in terms of the people actually getting injured. And I didn't, we didn't even mention Jarvis Landry, by the way, too, who's been missed a ton of time and that's clearly like really affected us but for a team who relies so much on the running game this is just so bad ah man we'll really get to see what the, what the browns can come up with for monday night i think stefanski's gonna have to be on his game but yeah i mean thursday it goes night. without saying thursday night excuse me sorry i'm getting my days mixed up with how flustered i am with these injuries <laughs> Let's move, right. let's move forward enough with our well no there's still a lot of bad news to come but let's talk about news. new bad news so, our first point is Joe Woods, the Browns' defensive coordinator. It's his second year with the team. And, Jack, I wanted to ask you, just how long of a leash does this guy have till you know, the Browns say, all right, enough is enough, you got to get out of here, your defense isn't working, your scheme isn't working, and you're just plainly letting up too many points? Look, frankly, I don't, I don't think that the Browns will fire him during the season at any point, I think they'll see this season out. A lot of things can be said. You got a ton of rookie or like first year players on this Browns defense. Also, you, you know, I mean, you got a couple impact rookies with Newsom and JOK who are supposed to play big roles. I, I think he sees the, the rest of the season out. Personally, though, if it were me, he's gone yesterday. Like this guy is, this guy <laughs> stinks, bro. He he cannot call a defensive game to save his. His schemes are terrible. Giving up cushion, like going full press, full like drop coverage on fourth down. We're gonna get into some of these statistics, but yeah, I'm, you want to start reading I've them all. Enough. You want to start yeah, reading. Go ahead. Them? Go all right, ahead. so <laughs> we looked at these stats yesterday. We tweeted about it, and it's not great so far this year. The Browns are twenty second in points allowed per game. They are 29th in turnovers creative created. They are twenty eighth in pass touchdowns. They are 28th in third down percentage at 45.1%. Teams are converting on third down at 45.1%. It seems like they're converting every time when you watch the game. We're 25th in fourth down percentage. Other teams are converting at 62.5%. And they have the second least yards allowed. That's the only positive. This team is not allowing a lot of yards. But But the thing is, is that even a positive because... All right, second least yards allowed, but 22nd most points allowed. So that means that when it really comes down to it, like red zone efficiency, they're terrible. Yeah, teams are going out, they're scoring fast, they're scoring efficiently. And the Browns, you know, maybe they're not letting up a lot of yards, but teams are scoring quick on them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really, really pathetic how he's, he, his defense has gotten worse. And you would think with the additions that we made this offseason, that was supposed to be the big thing that like changed the Browns from a good team to a great team. The defense was supposed to finally be you know, sufficeable or decent. And that has just been the opposite. Yeah, um, I can't watch this anymore. It's just, and it, actually, I want to bring up that one tweet that you sent me with Joe Woods' stats. It was mentioned. I don't even know if I can find it in time, but basically, the fact that how misused John Johnson has been, dropping him deep, every, like pretty much every single snap, where he was way more effective on the Rams when he was in the box, and it was about a fifty-fifty split. Like that just is another stat that goes to show me that. Joe Woods does not know how to properly utilize these guys, and that's leading to people playing inefficiently. I mean, you can't argue that this team doesn't have the talent to be a decent, at least decent defensive team. Yeah, so I have this tweet here for you. I have a couple of things to read off. So this is from Jake Burns. He's like a Cleveland reporter, and he watches a lot of film. But John Johnson last year was played a lot of box safety and a lot of deep coverage, which means he plays right on the line of scrimmage or he plays really far back on the field, all right? So he's either right by the offensive line or he's the farthest guy on the field. So in 2018, he played 503 snaps deep and 467 snaps on the box. In 2019, he was injured. In 2020, he played 394 deep, and he played 459 in the box. So he plays a lot on the line of scrimmage for the Rams, was the third highest graded safety in the NFL. This year for the Browns, he's played 310 deep snaps, and he's played 35, 35 snaps in the box. So Joe Woods is just not utilizing him at all when when he was successful. No, and, and like you see it, I don't want to discredit John Johnson, but I don't think he's great when he's way back deep. Like, you can see it. You've seen it when he let up that touchdown to Tyreek in week one, or when he's, like, some of these coverage snaps. Like, he's a much more efficient guy, you know, coming up to the line and tackling and using... He's got a pretty big frame, so... I mean, it's just it's just frustrating to watch. I'm pretty sure every single Browns fan agrees on that one. Right. I had yeah. one more stat here for you, too. So, yeah, I sent this to you yesterday. So, last year, the Browns had a total of five regular season losses. In those games, they basically got blown out in every one, but they gave up 162 points in those five losses, which is an average of 32.4 points per game in games that they lost. This year, the Browns have already lost three games, and in those three games, they have given up 117 points. (laughs) And the average for that, Jack... You're all the way up from 32.4 to this year in losses. You're at 39 points per game. Defense has given up 39 points per game in losses this year. That's ridiculous. It's pathetic. It's so pathetic. And we have three losses already. That means that's like three games where we've let up 40 points almost in, in the first six weeks. Like, that just cannot happen. I don't care who you have on defense. That cannot happen. Like, it literally sounds so cliche, too, but, like, defense wins championships at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, it just, that's that's why we're 3-3 three and three and why we've lost to the three good teams we've played. So, right. I think we should move on. Yeah, you're yeah. Getting, I was going to say, you're getting really mad. We should probably just move on. Yeah, I don't know if this next subject is going to help me cool down, though. 
Because we're going to talk about Odell Beckham. I don't want to spend too much time. I hate trying to drive a narrative with this guy because it seems like that's the only thing any sort of media has ever done since he came to the Browns. But is it, man, is it time to trade Odell Beckham? Like, apparently he he graded okay on PFF, but he, he had a couple drops on fourth down. The guy's injury, I mean, we mentioned he, got, he went out with his shoulder. He's getting up there in age. He's on a huge contract. I just think, is it time to say that this experiment maybe just isn't going to work? He graded he graded great per PFF from this past week. He had a grade of like 93, which is one of the best in the NFL on the week. The thing is, there, there's a couple questions here, Jack. So, do the Browns stick with Baker Mayfield after this year? Yeah, probably. Most likely. So, does Baker Joe well with Odell Beckham Jr.? He has not so far in, what, his third year being with the Browns, so... If the Browns stick with Baker Mayfield, maybe it makes sense to, you know, send Odell Beckham Jr. somewhere else, you know, by the November 1st trade deadline or after the year, you know, try to boost his value up in these next couple of games and then send him away for a really good corner or linebacker or safety, you know, just someone, depth for the defense. This defense needs some depth. But, you know, what if the Browns are not sold on Baker Mayfield, Jack? What if this year's kind of convincing them to go away from Baker Mayfield. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go away from Baker Mayfield, just to put that for the record. I'm just saying, what if Andrew Barry's like, you know what, this isn't my guy. You go, you trade for a quarterback this offseason, maybe Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers either, but, you know, you go trade for a quarterback. Who says that Odell can't gel with that guy and not be the Odell Beckham Jr. from New York, but, you know, just be a really high-caliber wide receiver again? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton to consider, and it's not an easy question. I think a lot of it comes down to, like, who you can get. Like, if you can get a good trade for him, I think you pull that trigger regardless of if Baker's the guy or not. If you can't, which is probably a more likely situation at this point, I don't, I don't even know. I guess you I guess you probably roll with him and, and let, you know, the rest of the season decide that fate. I guess talking about Baker since you brought it up, is Baker the franchise? <sighs> this is a really tough question because I know me and you have really, really had his back in the past, but so far this year, it's not been promising. And, you know, there's been these huge quarterback deals with guys like Josh Allen getting $40 million a year, Patrick Mahomes getting $40 million a year. Lamar Jackson is most definitely going to get a huge contract. He wins in clutch moments, even if it's a lot of luck on his side. Does Baker deserve that much money? After these first six games, it really just, I mean, doesn't look like the Browns should or, you know, analytically pay him that much money. Do I think he can rebound and, you know, start having a good year? Yeah, but it's going to be tough with the shoulder injury. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough decision because you... you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's in his fourth year, and I think going into this season, there was no excuses for Baker. I know that the shoulder and that, this and that, but there's no, I mean, at, at a certain point, you got to say, like, look at, at look at it for what it is, and, and Baker is just not on the same level of Lamar or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray, these young up-and-coming quarterbacks in this league that are getting these massive contracts, right? So first and foremost, I don't see how you can possibly pay Baker forty plus million dollars, or even I don't even know if I'm willing to go to thirty five. I mean, I don't know. That's up to Andrew Barry, but I, ah, man, he just has not played that well. And 
the dude's filming all these progressive commercials but hasn't progressed since his rookie year like so, <laughs> so i don't i don't i don't know i i like you said i want to have baker's back the I love him as a person. He's so tough. Like, coming back into that game after that hit that he took, like, that defines Baker Mayfield right there, and I love that. But at a certain point, the Browns have to decide if they can win with this guy because at the end of the day, that's that's the most important thing. It's just like you see these guys go and get these late-game wins, like a Lamar Jackson heroic, like, drive versus the Browns last year. You know, it comes out of the locker room after cramps. And, you know, he's a touchdown. But you just really haven't seen Baker do something like that. You know, just, like, put the team fully on his back and go win a game like that. Well, he's had a couple flashes, which just makes it even more frustrating to me. Like, that Bengals game last year. That I mean, this, that guy looked like prime Drew Brees. I was like, this is this is the truth. But then he just the, then he comes back the next week and makes a boneheaded play, and you're just like, dude, what is going on? So it's I I was really expecting that in the second year in Stefanski's system, he was going to have a breakout year, and the fact that he's not doing that it just makes it that much more painful. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the rest of his offense because we can only talk about Baker Mayfield for so long. The Browns have an offensive tackle problem, like we mentioned earlier. Jedrick Wills is out with the ankle injury. He injured it week one versus the Chiefs and then kept re-injuring it. And finally, they said, enough is enough. We're going to hold you out to your healthy. And then Jack Conklin, an all-pro right tackle, is also out. So it's left the Browns with Blake Hans at left tackle and James Hudson at right tackle. Blake Hans, to our surprise, honestly, for being Blake Hans, has not been that bad. All right? But James Hudson has not been pretty. Yeah, I don't have... I wish we had some statistics on James Hudson, but I the, the penalties number one. I've seen a ton of penalties from James Hudson, and two, just not. I mean, just not good blocking. And I know he's a rookie, and he was. I mean, he was a developmental player coming in, like for, you know when we drafted him. But yeah, I mean, this is just we need we need Conklin or Wills back. This is why I also would have loved to have the boy Kendall Lamb back, bro. You know, like some proven veteran offensive tackle depth. Right, Kendall Lamb, who we let go this offseason. And then obviously, I just want to mention that Chris Hubbard, who is, on the is out for the now. season. Yeah. yeah, IR. So, like, ah, man, it's, it's injuries just have killed us this year, and the players have not stepped up. So, uh, moving yeah. on. With the injuries, like we said earlier, the Browns are also going to be missing both of their running backs this week, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, leaving Ernest Johnson as the Browns running back one, with Demetric Felton also mixing in there, and possibly John Kelly from the practice squad. Yeah, we signed John Kelly, brought him up. I think it's Dearness Johnson. I think it's Dearness Johnson game. He'll, he'll see the bulk of the carries here, and he had... A good little showing last year when Nick Chubb missed some time, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's not Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Right, I know, and it's a huge thing because so many teams have to game plan around Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's like a two-headed monster, and now you get to game plan for Ernest Johnson, and nothing against Ernest Johnson, but he's not Nick Chubb. So teams. Like the Broncos, who have a absolutely nasty secondary, 
are just going to be able to kind of one-dimensionally plan for the Browns and be like, hey, listen, if we stop their passing game, which they're fully capable of doing, their run game is probably not going to be too existent, and now the Browns aren't going to be able to move the ball at all. So it's kind of concerning. I'm wondering what Stefanski's planning on even doing for this offensive game plan here. Yeah, a lot of this game does come down to Stefanski's play calling. I want to bring up one bright note, I guess, because I feel like I've been negative this entire episode. Donovan Peoples-Jones needs to be more involved in his offense. This guy has been so good every time the ball has come his way. I think his passer rating when targeted is like 152. I think he, I don't think he's dropped a pass. Nothing like we, Everyone knows the Hail Mary. I mean, this guy seriously could be a solid wide receiver in this league so i would love to see stefanski really hone in on dpj and see what he can do again like you said this is going to be a test for the passing game because the broncos secondary is so good people are going to have to step up and i'm looking at dpj yeah and that and like quickly mention it a lot of people want to give dpj more playing time and Odell also takes playing time away from him. So people have been like, yeah, trade Odell, and then you can play younger guys like DPJ. I mean, yeah, it, yeah I mean, it, all, there's a bunch of stuff there. There's a bunch of stuff to discuss. But moving forward, kind of to the coaching aspect now, Coach Kevin Stefanski has been calling a lot of fourth down plays, and they haven't been going too hot. Yeah, this has been a totally analytically driven decision by Stefanski. And I think that, I think analytically, he's right every time. Like, the science behind it in data and statistics says that it is the right move to go for it on fourth and three when you're at the 10-yard line looking at the end zone. The problem is the Browns have not been able to convert. And it's really killed us because you think about all these games like, these Charger game, right? If we kick a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and three or fourth and five that we didn't convert, that's a different outcome. And I know that I, I get that the Browns could improve eventually, but it no, is a after little bit, what yeah, point yeah, is yeah, enough enough? Yeah, exactly. At what point do you say, look, maybe we need to reevaluate this a little bit and just scale it back? Right. So the Browns right now are six of fifteen on fourth down attempts which is 40%. That's not too hot, especially when you're letting up 62.5% of them. And real quick, I think the thing that makes that worse is a lot of those attempts have been in the red zone when they could have scored a field goal. Right, yeah. So, like, it's juggling between a fourth down attempt and a field goal. For example, the Browns were down in the game, what, 23-14 to 14 in halftime on Sunday, but if mm-hmm. they took a field goal earlier in the game versus going on the fourth down attempt... It would have been a 23-17 game, and who knows, maybe the Browns come out a lot more hype because if you score a touchdown after one drive, you're winning 24-23, and that could be a completely different Cardinals game, but instead we ended up getting blown out. Maybe if we still kick the field goal, maybe we still get blown out, but it just would have been a closer game, and it probably is better for everyone's mental anyways. Right, exactly. All right, so... We're going to get into this Browns-Broncos preview. Thursday night football, we got a primetime game. This is possibly the worst timing to have a football game on a short week after all these injuries. But no matter, no excuses, we're going to have to show out there and, and pick up a dub. I mean, this week is huge. If we can if we can steal a dub, this is at home at Cleveland. 
this will be a really big morale booster for the team. Like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you get a couple extra days then to go and heal up for the next game. So the Broncos, I'll let you get into it, but the Broncos ultimately are 3-3. Three and three. Their only Ws have been versus the Giants, Jets, and Jaguars, possibly the three worst teams in the league, or at least bottom, you know, bottom of the, the barrel. They've lost versus the Ravens, Steelers, and Raiders. So they're feeding the AFC North a couple wins, which is not great. And then, obviously, your you're Raiders, uh, you're a big Raiders guy now. So they're feeding, feeding them some wins. So we'll see how legit they really are. Yeah, so their three wins are versus absolute. I mean, to state it lately, are versus absolutely dog water teams. <laughs> the Jets, the Giants, and the Jags all really, really bad. The thing is, this Broncos team doesn't have like a bad defense, Jack. And I know the Raiders scored over thirty points on them last week, but the Raiders also have a healthier offense than the Browns right now. They have a quarterback that isn't hurt. They have running backs. They have wide receivers. So the Browns are really going to have to be shifty with this one. Stefanski's going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat and, you know, just be very, not cute with his play calling, but smart and efficient with it. And like we said, we were talking earlier, they have a really banged up linebacker core, but they also have an awesome secondary with guys like Pat Sertain, who was just drafted this year. They have Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. So they have guys that could potentially lock down the Browns wide receivers and who knows if someone like Odell would even play so it's gonna be a tough matchup for the Browns I think it's gonna be a lot closer of a game than people might think it may be with the Broncos and their record and their wins and everything but this Broncos defense do you want to read over a couple stats for them real quick yeah I also want to preface that these I think personally I think these numbers might be a little bit inflated because they've gone against such bad teams but Real quick, I, I don't want to. I won't throw shade on them. Thirteenth yards in yards per game allowed at three hundred. Oh no, this is excuse me. This is offensively the thirteenth in yards per game. Uh, defensively, they're fourth. They have the fourth fewest yards allowed at three hundred and fourteen. They're eleventh in pass defense, fourth in run defense, only allowing about eighty-five yards a game. Again, that's just does not bode well for the Browns being that both of our running backs are injured and four fewest points per game allowed at only 18. So this is going to be like, I mean, we've said it a gazillion times, but this is going to be a real test of just passion and morale for the Browns to, to really rebound. Right. So yeah, it, it's tough. Kind of our weaknesses right now are what they really stack up well against sucks, yeah. but this team definitely has the heart and, you know, the drive and the smarts to get past a team like this. Now, we're going to go into score predictions right now, but I have a question for you after, Jack. So, personally, I'll just give my score prediction first. I say this is going to be 20-16. to 16. It's going to be a game of field goals, but the Browns will ultimately pull through. It will be close, and we'll get the Thursday night football dub. Yeah, I have a similar score. I have 24-17 Browns. If we do pull it off, I think this is going to be the score. I think it will be a low score. I don't see a way that the Browns put up 30-plus. I mean, maybe they do, but I it's unlikely, in my opinion, versus this loaded secondary. So that's all we have for you guys tonight. Hopefully next episode that we do on the Browns, we come back and it's a lot more positive. couple games. 
that they've won. Go beat the Broncos. Go give a little spanking to Big Ben and the Steelers on Halloween. And, you know, maybe we come back and we're a lot happier next episode. But for right now, kind of just got to keep our eyes open and kind of pray for this team. <laughs> yeah, keep keep our heads up and step up where we need it. So super glad we were, we were able to get a podcast in about the Browns. We're tweeting all the time. I know that we don't post a ton of podcasts, but if you follow us on Twitter at hottest underscore take pod, you can get a lot more timely updates about all this stuff. We interact with you guys all the time over there. So without further ado, that pretty much wraps it up. Stay hot, our friends. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Cold Melody on YouTube. We will have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok in the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.